the wrestling court. I'd rather have my wrestlers alive now than for them to be carrying weapons and drugs around in the locker room. Like, don't sit there and act like you're some big tough guy. The only time I ever tolerated Jarrett was his WCW 2000 gimmick. After when that, <laughs> when he went to TNA, all of his matches were exactly the same. She's not friggin' safe. It is ridiculous, and she'll laugh at us for this. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Wrestling Court. As I am back here from WrestleMania weekend. I'm your host, Julian Cannon, and I have Drew Yari here from the Drew Yari Show. Tell the world how you're doing. I'm doing pretty good. It's uh, it's back to being warm here in Texas. Uh, no more of these random cold fronts that just come and go. But other than that, I'm doing pretty good. You know, your state has the worst fucking COVID uh, mandates in the entire nation next to Florida. Really? Texas? Nah, come on. Yes, it does. <laughs> Dude, literally, when we was, as soon as we jumped off the um airplane, I said as soon as we jumped off, as soon as we got off the airplane and off the airport, literally everywhere, miles of people not wearing masks. Then we got to the hotel, the same thing happened. Then when we got for breakfast, what did we see when uh, people kept opening and closing the, the, um, the breakfast stuff? People with no masks, breathing in all that shit. So I was like, uh-uh, I'm staying away from there. I am. That's what I kept seeing. I mean, on a positive note in San Antonio, uh, there was a thing that just came out saying that for the first time since I think like March 2020, when COVID basically happened, or when the lockdown basically happened, uh, hospital COVID hospitalizations are down below 100. So that's a good thing. That's a good um, thing. Let's keep it that way. But we can't oh yeah. since Dallas and um, Arlington is so ass backwards with COVID policies. Boy. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, San Antonio. I, I, I like to think San Antonio is maybe a little bit better about that. So, You know, as soon as I came back, I had to take a rapid test because I did not feel right over there. And thankfully, it came out negative. No, that's good. I, I, I mean, I like to take a rapid test every now and then. Uh, just, again, just to be on the safe side, I want to make sure everyone's safe. I want to make sure my lady's safe. I want to make sure my niece is safe. So I just... Want to make sure everybody's safe. Everybody, go get tested when you can. You know, yes, a, a small, I'm, small little political message on the show. Yes, and I will say this too. Um, I'll tell you who was not safe. That was the Hardys match last night on AEW Dynamite. I said last yeah. night, two nights ago, which was one of the worst um, Hardy Boys matches I've seen in a long time with a awful stipulation. Like oh. this is supposed to be a no DQ table elimination match. So why did Jeff did the last bump there when he was already eliminated? Oh, because of no DQ? I'm like, these rules don't make sense. Like, I, I had a AEW in the background because we were recording during AEW. So I just had it in as, like, background noise or whatever. Not yeah. even really, like, background noise, just, like, something playing. And I saw that. I'm like, Jeff hasn't even been in AEW for a month, and he's already doing this shit. Like, it's mind. just, I mean, it's diminishing Jeff's, like, I don't want to say legacy, but it's just like you don't need to do this like in every single match. He doesn't, and Matt Hardy too. Every single time he does a leg drop from the top rope, I just feel like he is one leg drop away from being in the wheelchair. He was limping, man. Like, literally limping. Like, and I cringe. I cringe when I see Jeff do that, when Matt does it, when Christian... I mean, thank God Edge has a wherewithal to go. You know what? No, I'm just going to go out there and wrestle. Like just actually have a match. 
Like, right. I just, I don't need to see these guys do it. Like, because again, I like Jeff Hardy. I'm still a Jeff Hardy fan. I mean, at this point, I'm kind of barely hanging on as a fan, but it's just, I don't, I don't want to see anything bad happen to him. I don't even want to see anything bad happen to Matt. I'm not even a Matt fan. Exactly. You know what? Um, apparently, Tony Khan thinks that everyone who talks bad about AEW is <laughs> robots. I saw that. <laughs> hey, we're all, we're, not, we're all not real people, man. We're all robots. Um, I, I saw this tweet that Jason Solomon put up, and he, he said it perfectly. I, he says, I think WrestleMania broke Tony. <laughs> <laughs> it sure did because you see the way he looked when he came out there with Samoa Joe he looked like a total fucking geek oh my god like and, and you saw that video where Samoa Joe couldn't even look him in his face when he's shaking his hand right? uh, yeah I saw that like like someone put up a comparison from last year's mania when Joe was wearing that like rain suit or rain whatever yeah and he, and he looked like he was happy he looked like he was just happy to be there and then he gets to AEW and it's just like uh, whatever it's a paycheck <laughs> poor joe I, I i honestly believe that joe wanted to work in wwe like he wanted to do anything even if it wasn't wrestling he wanted to do something even if it was like announcing or like a backstage role so yeah i, I can tell that he wanted that i have a feeling that one of these days he'll come back like triple h or somebody will bring him back as like an agent or a scout or a trainer and I would love, I would love that for Joe. So uh, WrestleMania took place for two days over the weekend, and before we get right to it, um, did you see any of the videos from WrestleCon? Uh, no, I didn't. I saw, I saw a lot of them. Uh, again, uh, despite the fact that no, pretty much nobody was wearing masks, it was a fully packed um event over there. Really? Yeah, it was, it was really packed. Uh, how how was it? I'm assuming you went, right? No, no, I didn't cover it this year. Okay, because <laughs> yeah, they wasn't um they was not inviting press up this year. No, was there a reason why? No, they did they didn't specify. Hmm. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from the from the videos I saw over there, it was it was a decent show. I've never been to a WrestleCon. I mean, I would like to go. I've been to Comic Cons, you know, here in San Antonio. Um, I mean, they don't bring WrestleCon to San Antonio, which is weird because it's Texas. And Texas, and, Texas, and wrestling kind of go hand in hand. Um, so I don't know if I ever get a chance, I'll go to a WrestleCon one of these days. WrestleCon goes wherever WrestleMania goes, and those fans at that Ring of Honor show chanting "fuck WrestleMania." Well, guess what? What was you there for to begin with? <laughs> WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, what were you there for? All these shows that was doing. Um, indie shows during the Wrestlemania weekend they drew their largest uh, attendance why because Wrestlemania was there this wasn't like a normal night where they would draw 200 right it's like you know fuck Wrestlemania but I love this uh, I love this AEW production of, of ROH uh, and GCW had a shit show over there too yeah that's I've been hearing a lot of negative about GCW as of late because I didn't watch the pay-per-view and um, and based on what you and guys like Draper said, I'm kind of glad I did watch the pay per view that came out like a few months ago. Yeah, it was like, fucking horrible. Poo pooing over it. <laughs> it was horrible. Oh god, let's get to WrestleMania. Um, before we do the matches, what was your what would you say was your favorite match and what was the worst match? You mean of both nights? Yes. Um, or just in general. Out of the whole weekend. 
I would say the best match had to have been Cody and Seth. Like, it was just really damn good. Like, it wasn't your typical Cody match in AEW where it was just like, you know, I'm I'm really trying not to be like John Cena, but I really want to be like John Cena. It was just like, no, Cody went out there and had a wrestling match, and Seth had a wrestling match. And it was just really damn good. Um, Bianca and Becky had a great match. Loved it. Uh, the main event, you know, Steve and – or Steve, Steve Austin and Kevin Owens just like – 57 year old Steve Austin taking bumps like I'm just I didn't expect that I thought it was just going to be like Steve Austin kicking his ass but you know Kevin Owens is getting some offense and I loved it you know just seeing Steve have one last match after 19 years you know I loved it It was great Steve looked great um the Johnny Knoxville match was just fun like I don't care who you are that match was fun me me and the lady and her sister were just like we we're having a ball on the couch we just we loved it um, and then Pat McAfee's met his match with Austin Aries was fun. The match that happened afterwards was not fun. Aries. Um, <laughs> um, as far as like the worst matches, uh, the Pat McAfee match with Vince was not very good. Um, uh, but you already knew, like you already knew what was going to happen because Vince is what, like 76. So, you know, Vince isn't taking bumps and Pat had to sell those barely clotheslines that Vince was throwing at him. Um, uh, the main event with Roman and Brock was, I don't want to say it was terrible because like, you already know what you're getting with Roman and Brock. Like they're not going to have bad matches, but you already know what kind of match they're going to have. Um, and then Rhonda and Charlotte had a very bad match, which is unfortunate because, you know, it's Rhonda and Charlotte. Those, those two could at least go out there and have a decent match, but you know, it's really wasn't. And uh, the Fatal 4-Way Women's Tag Team Championship match was just not very good. It was slop-tastic. Let me go through mine. Uh, my favorite of the whole weekend, I would say Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch. Uh-huh. Number one, Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins, number two. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm going to have to say this, um, Austin versus Owens is number three. Uh, dude, the crowd erupted when Steve Austin came out. And once we realized that this was going to be a match, it was like, oh, shit, this is actually happening. I thought it was going to end within 30 seconds, but he worked a full 10-plus minutes on that match, even though I, it was a no-holds-bar match. I, I heard it was 20 minutes. Was it – I mean, you were there, but, like, was it was it really 10-plus minutes or was it 20? Yeah, it's 13 minutes and 55 seconds. Oh, okay, all right. The actual match from bell to bell. Okay, so I guess whoever was saying was including, like, the segment. But, yeah, that – I loved I loved seeing Steve work and it was just like I didn't expect it to actually be a match and I'm glad it was I'm glad it was a match I'm glad it was no holes barred because I was a little worried at first because when Steve started doing like the like the mud like the mud stomps I was like oh yeah I was yeah me and um pretty much everyone in that section was like oh he's a bit rusty here but then he started drinking his IPA and shit just started getting better <laughs> that, that's like his gatorade <laughs> like, he, just give steve one of like vince is like quick give steve one of his bears quick oh my god just, like, <laughs> so the usos and um nakamura and rick boogs ended nine minutes early because um rick boogs knee he, it got completely torn the quad got completely torn and we saw that at the arena and we was like oh shit that is, is this wait did he injure his knee 
And then we saw the ref do up the X sign. I was like, oh boy, this match is going to end in a matter of seconds. So the yeah. Usos won with that. Yeah, like we we were watching it. I looked away for a bit. I think I went in the kitchen to get something and I come back. I'm like, why is Nakamura by himself? And then they showed the replay. And I'm thinking like, oh, ooh. At first I'm like, like is it like a kind of like a barely injury but no like i'm like oh he's actually legit hurt so i mean it sucks for boogs because you know i i don't mind boogs i know a lot of people don't really like boogs all that much i don't mind him i mean he's he kind of makes me laugh a little bit and i think it's kind of funny how he's playing a comedic character but he looks like he can probably beat the shit out of most of the guys in the locker room yep <laughs> um he, he's fucking swole as hell so i mean hey I mean, speedy recovery for boogs you know, I want to also bring up uh, Charlotte and uh, Ronda Rousey. That match was the shits. It was terrible. And I'm I'm surprised no one's not even reported this because I was in a crowd, but there was fans that got ejected from that arena For during what? that match. For what, though? One fan was causing a fight with another, mm. and then another fan tossed a beer at another one. I had both of them on um, video from moments after they both happened, but they, <clears throat> we got the videos where the fans kept saying, um, nah, 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 hey, hey, goodbye. And then there was another clip where the fans cheered when, when the security came. Surprised no one picked that up yet. Uh, that's Texas for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't claim them, okay? I don't claim them, so you know. Yeah, I haven't watched back the um the on the network yet about from that match, but there was a lot of fans tuning into that direction. I'm not sure if that happened on screen, but there was a lot turning to the um towards their left. Yeah, that, yeah, that was again that match was just bad. Like it was just bad all around. It like it didn't really. It seemed like I, I get. I was gonna. I was gonna say it didn't really seem like it had a lot of life, but then you. Right you told me what just happened i'm like maybe that's why or maybe the man the match just wasn't very good like maybe people were just weren't that interested in it um one thing i'll say is that on night one wwe had the wherewithal to get the bad matches out of the way like they put you know nakamura's match on first and they put drew's match on second and then that's when they started going into the good matches so that way it ends on a high note so good for them um Night two was kind of up and down because they began with that really good tag match, you know, a triple threat tag with RK Bro, um, which was like, I think, like 10 minutes. So yeah, that, really was a, that was a really, really good tag match. And that was, a, I think that was a better opening than the opening we got the night before. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, most definitely, like, hands down. Um, I, I, one thing I got to say, Randy, Randy's living his life. He's living the best life that. I think anyone could live like he's got a beautiful wife at home. He's got great. He's got like what five kids, most of which are, you know, Kim's kids, but he looks like he's happy. He's 42. He's in a, he's in probably the second best thing in the company under Roman Reigns. Um, RK bro, I think is the best tag team go- currently going, not just in WWE, but you can make a case for him being the best tag team in wrestling at the moment. Like, Riddles over. We can, we can make that case, but guess what? Um, hardcore fans would be like, "Oh no, FTR, Young Bucks." The young, uh, how many times has Randy Orton faced uh, uh, 
fill in the blank. Davy Richards, huh? Has has <laughs> Riddle has Riddle ever faced uh, uh, Austin Aries at the the ever, Philadelphia um, Forum? Roderick Strong. <laughs> I doubt Randy Orton's ever heard of Okada. I rest my case. <laughs> Oh my God! Um, Roman and Lesnar was um, just like as you said, a Roman and Lesnar match, and this one should have been as bigger deal than it was because both of those belts were on a line, and this one didn't bring that intensity as the feud was building up. Right. Yeah, like again, the match. Also, I think the match fell flat because Roman legit got hurt. After uh, Lesnar did the Kamor lock on him, and he's rolling over, and I can hear him saying, "It's out, it's out." And no, Paul, that's, that know, was disputed, man. He's not hurt. I, I think he's. I, I honestly believe he's hurt. They like, would do. They would have. They would have. Uh, Dudley would have came out with a statement if he was hurt. He's not hurt. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it wasn't as bad as we thought it would be. But like whenever he was holding both of those titles, you saw him grimacing, you know, with one shoulder, on for well for the other title. So I think, mm-hmm. I think. He's hurt, but not like, you know, to the point where he needs like surgery. So because like the ending of the, of the match, I remember looking over at, you know, Betty, my girlfriend, I was like, that was kind of soon. Like that was kind of sudden. Like he just gets up and goes for, and Brock goes for an F5 and he gets out of it and goes for a spear. I'm like, that was kind of quick. Like, you know, for a main event of WrestleMania, like that was kind of a very rushed finish. I don't think he's heard. I think I just think they ran out of time. Yeah, problem. But then again, um, Nakamura, the Nakamura match um, ended nine minutes early, so <laughs> yeah, that's all they needed. <laughs> but uh, let me also bring this up because this was something that was also interesting. Um, Edge and AJ Styles, the way that match ended, uh, started the group between Edge, Damian Priest, and probably more members of the group. Um, I didn't see this when I was in the arena, but um, we find out later that AJ Styles was cut from the stage. That made him bleed. Yes, I think that I think there was a fan that like recorded it. That Ed, that not Edge, AJ, like bumped into something, and then he just kind of shook it off and went out. And he just he just wrestled bleeding. Like even you know Corey Graves, you know, you know AJ's already bleeding, and the match hasn't started yet. So. Um, I mean, I'm glad it wasn't anything serious, but um, yeah, I like I like the match with AJ and Edge. My problem is, it's just like with all Edge matches, he has this obsession with them being like Broadway specials, and it's like Edge, we get it, you can go. And I remember, like, when I was reviewing the show with my friends with uh, RJ, I remember thinking in my head, I'm like, I don't even, I can't even recall Edge having these long of matches even like back in the day. Oh no, like, he's he has some of them that were long. Um, those matches with Batista was long. He had matches with the Undertaker that went almost a half an hour. He had also matches with Kane. He also had matches with John Cena that went long. <laughs> yeah, I could give a couple of examples. I I don't, I don't know. Like, and I, and I don't, I don't want to tell you're wrong or anything, but like, I don't I don't know. It's just like I just remember being a kid. Maybe maybe because I was a kid, I didn't really care about like length of matches, but like. I guess as an adult, I just kind of think I'm like, huh, maybe he did. I just didn't really pay attention. But like, I don't know. Like, I think Petey Williams was the producer of this match. Like, Petey Williams needs to just be like, Edge, uh, just 
maybe you shouldn't have these two these longer matches. Just saying, but you know, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm into the fact that Edge is having his own stable. You know, kind of like a dark, uh, I guess, a more modern take on the Brood, so to speak, or maybe the yeah, Ministry I'm interested of Darkness. In that too. And did you see that AEW superstar saying that they were a dollar store version of? The House of Black. I'm like, dude, how long have you been watching wrestling, man? How long have you known the fucking business <laughs> for you to even say that to Edge of all people? It's like, yeah, Brody King with your uh, yeah, with Brody your King with your tattoos that you probably got at the mall. Like, dude, like, <laughs> like, shut up. It's like the NWO, the Horsemen, Degeneration X, uh, or fucking uh, Evolution. All of them were copies of each other in some aspect. Same thing with the House of Black. They're a copy of probably the Ministry of Darkness. Ministry or the Brood. The Brood. There you go. It's just like, dude, like you're barking up the wrong tree. Like, stop. Yep. And more more people know of Edge than they do of um, Indie Brody King. So shut up, dude. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Unfucking believable. But um, another match watch I have highlighted. <laughs> He's over here watching the video. Uh, Bobby Lashley versus Amos. Uh, what did you think about that? Um, I, I understand because I like Amos. Uh, they've been trying to push him as like, because like, like, you know, Taker came out and said that he thinks Amos could be the next Andre the Giant or Andrew the Giant, <laughs> according to WWE, you know, people, um, which I get, which kind of hurt him because there's only one Andre the Giant. So, like, let let this guy kind of be his own guy, and I like almost. I I like that he talks shit, you know, in his in his own language and you know, in American. Uh, but lately, he's been kind of stagnant because, you know, WWE has like WWE pushes bigger guys better than AEW does. That's for sure. But like at the same token, they don't push him strong right off the gate, like. Let me give an example. Like it's like with Braun, you know, they had something special with Braun, but I think Braun became a star by accident because Roman was supposed to be the quote unquote babyface and Braun was supposed to be the quote unquote heel, and Braun got over. So after they realized how over he was, I think it was too late. They're like, okay, let's make him, let's make him A, B, C, and D. You know, same thing with like Luke Harper. They brought in yeah. Luke Harper. And he was supposed to be this kind of scary looking, you know, out of the swamp big guy. But they started having him lose matches. Um, with almost, they're doing it right? Question mark. Like they're having him go out there and destroy, you know, guys in, in squash matches or two-on-one matches. But there's, there's something not clicking. And I like the fact, you know, we're skipping ahead. I like the fact that, they're, that they put MVP with them. Because he, he MV- needed someone to talk for him. He really did. Oh, yeah. MVP can get him over. Like, MVP did wonders for Bobby Lashley's career. Um, but yeah, the, the match I thought was fine um, because we don't see too many Haas versus, you know, giant matches. And, you know, Bobby Lashley can pull it off almost, you know, was doing the best he could to bump for Lashley. So it was an interesting match. I, didn't, I don't think it was terrible. I didn't think it was great either. I just thought it was just, it did his job. 
he whenever almost gets on the mic, it just reminds me of all those awful Ahmed Johnson promos. So <laughs> <laughs> it's good that MVP is taking the mic away from him because if he did not get a manager, it would be like Bugs Bunny every single week. Um, exit stage left or stage right or something like that. I'm trying to remember what the fuck he said. Cut the curtain from him immediately. Don't have him talk. What, what does Jim Cornette say? Great googly moogly. <laughs> oh my god i can't wait to hear jim cornett's i'll um, take on wrestlemania oh uh, oh it's already it's already up <laughs> oh it's already up okay but um not to Sami Zayn. Uh, i didn't like the match as a match but was it fun to watch i thought it was fun to watch but i just it just wasn't for me yeah i mean yeah like i knew what i was getting myself into because it's Johnny Knoxville and Mike. I, mean, I wasn't expecting an eight-star classic. I was, <laughs> I just kind of had a feeling that this match would be hokey. Oh, yeah. Like, I was under the impression that it, it was probably going to be like a pre-recorded match, like a cinema, cinematic match. But no, like they went up there and did live, you know, like the big-ass hand, um, you know, the mousetrap. Uh, what is it? Tony, was it Party Tony or whatever his name was? Like he came out. And you just hear Pat McAfee. I've seen this guy's ass so many times. Um, and you see Wee Man body slam Sami Zayn. And it's just like, you know, a, a lot of like the AEW diehards are like, you know, oh, if you come to AEW, you'd be in the main event with, with, uh, with, so with fill in the blank. It's like Sami Zayn, like, made Cassidy. It, Orange Cassidy in like the fourth match of All In, like, them. Um, Sammy Zayn's like, yeah, let's much see it. how that's working for Keith Lee. Oh God, don't mean, don't, don't get me started on me. Okay. Uh, Sammy Zayn's like, guys, I'm happy. Like I'm on entertainment tonight. Like I'm happy where I am. And he went on Twitter and said, that was probably the most fun I've ever had, you know, at Mania. And then, yeah. And him and Kevin Owens are, you know, posting together saying, you know, you know, Hey, we got this. Like we're happy. Yeah, so at the Owens. end of even though Owens lost the match, it didn't matter. This, whether he won or lost, this was going to help him because he's going against Steve Austin, of all people. How many people could you say could have his last match with Stone Cold Steve Austin? Not CM Punk, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, that still would have been interesting if Austin and Punk would have went against each other a decade ago. That would have been fun because I know they did that thing for 2K like yeah. 10 years ago. And I remember thinking, this would be good. This would be some good shit, but it didn't happen, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, just Kevin Owens, uh, Sami Zayn, AJ Styles, all of them, they're getting paid. They're living their best life, and they're they're happy as fuck. Yes, like, they that's are. all that matters. <laughs> that's all that matters. They didn't need to go to another company just to be with their friends. Nope. Hmm. Adam Cole must be regretting it, I believe. Adam Cole is probably thinking, fuck, I should have just taken the manager job. <laughs> oh my god uh but overall oh wait oh i forgot to mention um Liz, Miz and logan paul versus mysterio dominic i don't even like logan paul but he did really really good on this match yeah it's like it it pains me to say it but he did so fucking good because for one thing he gets it like he already gets wrestling and you know he's he already said in an interview he's like you know, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm not just here for a cup of coffee. I actually want to go to the performance center and like train and get better. You know, I might even make this my like regular, you know, job. Yeah. And he took it, he takes it seriously. So, and like, I got to say when he did the three amigos 
and then does the Eddie shimmy and the frog splash. I just went, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I, I put that on Twitter and like, I think Bill Shannon on Twitter, shout out to Bill Shannon. He just put, that was brilliant though. I'm like, yeah, that's why I'm mad. Cause it was good. Uh, let's see here. Um, these two, sorry, these two news pieces came from Fightful in the last 20 minutes. So apparently, um, two names are going to be changed. <clears throat> uh, Marcel Bartho, uh, who's going to be called up to SmackDown tonight, his name is going to be changed to Ludwig Klaus or some variation of it. And Rico Gonzalez is also expected to have a name change. Who's that? Rico Gonzalez. Ra- oh, Raquel Gonzalez. Raquel Gonzalez. Yeah, I was like, who's Rachel? Like, oh, Ra- Raquel. Um, what are they going to call her? I don't know. I mean, Raquel Gonzalez just sounds like a name you can go off of her. Just call her Raquel. Like, I don't know. I don't know. What they're, I don't know. I'm, I'm not in booking. So, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I actually did read that, that there are going to be some, like, really weird name changes. I'm thinking, okay, this should be fun. But, yeah, so Marcel Barthos, he's just coming up by himself, or is it just or is it going to be the other dude? Um, I, uh, that's all I'm reading for now. I don't know if there's any plans to bring both him and the team up. Right, because Gunther, I would assume they're going to bring him up because they had him lay down for Braun on Tuesday. So I'm like, okay, what else is there for him to do at NXT? Hmm. Um, Raquel, I mean, I've been kind of, we've all been kind of waiting for her to go to the main roster. So, like on, on, take over when they won the tag titles i'm thinking okay she's staying and then on tuesday they lost him i'm like so she's going like i don't know it's, it's been a weird week for nxt i think it's been a weird week for raw also because um we got the debut of ezekiel and when i saw that name on a titantron <laughs> i thought it was ezekiel jackson returning for one more round then when he you call out, he's like he looks like um one of the jobbers from the rufus aggression era and then when the camera zoomed in on him i was like oh shit that's elias <laughs> yeah like I, I was saying me too i just saw his face and i'm and i, I was watching it with my girl and i just go that's elias and she just looked over like, that's stupid. <laughs> oh, my then, God. He, 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 they better work out on this gimmick because this looks like he's going to be released about six to seven months from now if this doesn't work. But it'd be funny if he just came out next week with a fake beard and he's like, hey, so what did my brother do here while I was gone? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, I fear for this guy. And... Montez Ford of the Street Profits, he's been doing a lot of uh, media appearances lately, and Angelo Dawkins is also another one that should watch his back. Yeah, that's unfortunate. You know, because I like the Street Profits, but I recognize that Montez is the star, and Angelo is just, like, as soon as they break that team up, he's pretty much going to be gone. Yeah. Like, in a matter of time, because, Mon- like, The Rock, The Rock endorsed Montez. Like and Montez looks like a star. He talks like a star, um, and also helps that his wife is, you know, pro- possibly at the moment the biggest, you know, the biggest woman in the company, the most popular woman in the company. Um, so that's a power couple right there. So Montez, I like. I mean, he's got a he's got a mean looking uh, frog splash. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Montez is going to be the star. 
Adelo got to watch his back or else he's going to be somewhere in catering like Keith Lee was. <laughs> and there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another thing real quick. Did you watch Moon Knight yet? Yes, I have. I'm loving it so far. I, I think it's the best uh, Marvel show I've watched since um, WandaVision from top to the bottom. Yeah, it's it's really good because like... And I, li- I, and I like Hawkeye and I just didn't like how Hawkeye ended. Oh no! I just that weird post-credit scene, but you know, we'll, we'll forget that happened. But um, Moon Knight. What makes Moon Knight so good is a, it's a really lesser-known character, so I think it gives a, a lot of creative freedom, and that's why Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke, you know, came on the show. They're like, you know, it's a character nobody's really ever heard of, so it gives us a lot of creative freedom, and it's a very complex character. So. In the first two episodes, you know, you're really not too sure what's going on. And I always like that element in movies or TV shows where the the element of reality ceases to exist. So you're not sure where you are or why you're here. Like in the first episode, anytime, you know, Steven is doing something or he's getting beat up, I don't know where he just kind of like just goes, oh, and he just wakes up and he's like, wait, why am I here? What happened? And like him as Steven he has that very kind of kind of idiot savant kind of charm to him where you feel bad for the guy. Like when he's going to the restaurant and he has, and he calls the girl and she's like, no, you stood me up. You know, dinner was two days ago. It's Sunday. And he's just like, uh, I'll hold the steak. You want it medium? Well, yeah, I'll, very, very well. Very well. <laughs> um, Oscar Isaac. I love him. I think he's a great actor. He's so good for this role. Um, you know, the first episode when he's like talking to himself in the mirror as Mark and he's telling him, you know, I can save us, Steven. And he just like, you just see like the giant dog, you know, jump in and like you just hear a bunch of fighting. And all of a sudden you see the dog like trying to get out. And then Moon Knight just grabs him like, no, motherfucker, take this out. Also, I'll also add to this. I like how they brought in a villain early instead of bringing him in, in the last two episodes. Well, it, it's only six episodes, so I think they don't want to like they don't want to like you know put off things like too much. So they're like, okay, we already know what we want to do. Here, here's everything. Like they didn't rush it. They, they it was just right. And Ethan Hawke, like I don't know much about the villain he's playing. Like it's Arthur. Was it Arthur Harrow? I think it's his name. Like he is so good in the world because like you know in episode two spoilers like he yeah you know talks about you know. I was with this, I was, you know, working for Kanchu because we were trying to take down, you know, people who had already done bad things. But what about going after people before they do bad things? And it's just like, that's, that's the whole personification of a cult is believe the leader, regardless of what is actually going to happen. Um, it's so good. Like, I like, I like the suit. I, I dug the Mr. Knight suit. I thought that was pretty fucking cool. Um, and, you know, one thing that's kind of interesting is, you know, Oscar Isaac had said, you know, in an interview that he's only signed up for this series. Like, he doesn't have any commitments to, you know, Marvel or the MCU after this, which, I mean, he's... I, I, sorry, I was going to say, I hope that he appears somewhere in the MCU movies, somewhere. Oh, he will, because I know Kevin Feige had said before, that they're not going to have people commit to these big ass contracts anymore because they want them to have, he wants them to have fun and not just worry about, uh, well, I got to do this movie, but then I got to make an appearance. I don't have time for this movie. He wants people to enjoy the experience, which is 
why you know Chris Evans had to deny being well not deny but he had to turn down being capped you know three times until he finally committed. Um, so I, I think Oscar Isaac will stay, and I'm, judging by how well received the show is, Marvel's going to empty out their their checkbook to Oscar Isaac. They're gonna they're gonna say you know we're gonna give you all the money in the world to do the Avengers or whatever. So I, I hope he stays. I'm pretty sure he will, but you know you never know. Well, that is it for this week's edition of the Wrestling Court. Uh, thank you, Drew, for coming on. I wanted to, um, you to come on real quick so we could do WrestleMania and talk about Moonlight. Uh, good to have you on again, Drew. Uh, tell everyone where they can find you. And I appreciate you for having me on, man. Um, where you can find me, anywhere. Uh, Spreaker. You can find me on Spreaker. That's my main home base. Uh, anywhere podcasts are distributed. Google, iTunes. You can find me on YouTube. I also have a Patreon, which is five bucks a month. And uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Drew Yari Show. Not a very hard guy to find. The only guy named Drew Yari, as far as I know. Um, and I just had I just put up a new episode from Wednesday, and uh, listen to that. It's uh, it's pretty good. Awesome. Um, all right, everyone, we are out. Uh, Drew, hope you enjoy the rest of your night. You know, SmackDown's going to come on soon, and it's time for me to start editing. <laughs> all right, have fun with that, brother. Later's.